confusing. <laughs> it's confusing. It sounded like there were a number of Garrets. There's some Garys. I don't know what's happening. It's like the political climate. There's more than two candidates. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for coming out to the first Texas dollop. Won't be the last. Because we have be. three others this weekend. It might be. You don't know that. It could be the last. Not Okay. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. The beer best. Thank you. Now that's cocky. It's great to be in Houston. You're listening to The Dollop. This is uh, American History Podcast. Bi-weekly. Uh, it's bi- uh, bi-annual. Uh, a couple times a year we do this podcast. Uh, I read a story from American History to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Thank you. Okay, all right. You, sir. No, no, no. No, no, no. Yes, I think yes are okay. You took it too far. Yeah. (laughs) Throwing people out for you. It would be great to Trump rally it up. No, the yeah guy. Get him out of here. No, yeah, get out of here. By the way, if you can't see, the women's room is right there. And there's no men's, so that's tough. 1927! Now, I didn't go city-specific. I just went Texas. So, sorry. Fuck off. It's like a country. It's I okay. I had a hard enough time. I had a hard enough time. Eugene Anderson was born at Big Spring, Texas. Big Spring? Oh, you really know where that is? Or are you just... Yeah? Big, Big Spring. Was an oil and cotton town. Is it still an oil and cotton town? Or is it just all... It is? Interesting. He had an older brother. Uh, They were raised on a cotton and dairy farm, and he spent most of his first 30 years on or near the farm. He didn't stray too far away. Okay, so he's just farm chilling. In 1944, he went to McMurray College. Wait, but he spent 30 years there and then went to college? Well, it's near as he's still... still Oh, he's still, yeah. When he's like in class, he's looking out the window like, wonder what the cows are doing. Ah, sorry. Uh, he got married to another student when he was 18. Okay. Why not? Just ruin your life at that point. <laughs> it's the 20s. You're supposed to. You don't get married at fucking 18. Okay. But man, sorry, Dave. I don't care if it's okay. 19. No offense to anybody who did. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody you. in Texas gets married at that age. Everybody in here who got married at that age was like, no, he's right. It's a bad idea. Well, it's time to settle down. We're almost 16. Uh, he was bright and enthusiastic and often stayed after class to work on his experiments. Kisses. It was at this time that Eugene started working on the chemical reactor block. Okay. So we're going to start early with this one. <laughs> A chemical reactor block? Yep. Well, what is that? Okay, he was in his chemistry class, and a hydrogen generator exploded and injured him. Uh, so he's like an X-Man. 
This is the, this is the origin story. He it's, would become Hydro Man. He's the worst X-Man of all time. Eugene Man! Still tweaking the name! He thought there would be better ways to produce hydrogen than this generator situation that... Uh... You're just there to learn. Just learn. So while he was working on the chemical reactor block, he got married a second time at the age of 19. Whoa, whoa, what happened to the first? What, the, what happened to the first? He, what happened to the first? You see what you did to me? I'm 19 and I'm broken. Hi, who are you? Well, I'm a girl. Hi, I'm a boy. All right, that sounds fine. Eugene told people he spent four years at but college. But what happened to the first wife? No, no one, there's no information about it. it well, it's just, just, okay. It's just, he Organic divorce? Just, we're but organically divorcing. It didn't last. I had an uncle that was married for three weeks. All right, fair. When I was a, when I was a kid, I think I was like uh, seven, and he got married, and they went to Hawaii on uh, their honeymoon, and they came back, and they were no longer together. Yeah. If you I can't was, last in Hawaii... Right? Oh, you're doomed. So it happens. Sometimes, it, and plus when you're 18, you know, six months is pretty good. <laughs> sure. It's a good number. Sure. Uh, so he told people he spent four years at college and got a degree in engineering and got great grades. But the college had different records. Interesting. Let's say he only went there for two years and never graduated. Interesting. But Eugene had a transcript and a degree to show people, which he kept on his wall. Well, we, I think we talked about this recently. Fake de- the thing with degrees is you just are like, oh, he's got it on the wall. He's legit. Yeah, if it's on the like, wall. It's literally that. Like a fake ID is harder to come by than like a degree that people will buy. Oh, you went to Harvard? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it wasn't that hard either. <laughs> anyway, let me sell you some insurance. <laughs> Uh, Eugene and his wife moved after getting married to Superior, Wyoming. Oh, they got a real attitude there. Yeah. Oh, we're the best. Originally, it was called White Superior, Wyoming. But they they shortened it because... Yeah, no, they, they ran it up, yeah. Marketing. Marketing. They both taught uh, school there, and Eugene kept working on the CRB. So he's, he's just like, you know, again, I mean, he's pining for another existence. He's working yeah, on yeah. his, he wants his block. He wants what is it called again? Chemical reaction block. Chemical reaction block. And by block, what do we mean? I don't know. We just mean a block of something. We don't mean like a strip mall that's just like got selling different stuff. We mean a block of mass that's probably going to be used for evil in some way, either on purpose or accidentally. Okay. All righty. May 9th, gang. Don't forget, guys. May 9th. We could do this. No. Oh, God. like a talk show? Just seven easy payments can get you one of these. According to newspapers at the time, Eugene publicly demonstrated the invention in Wyoming. What is the invention? He ran a car on on hydrogen gas. Okay. All righty. Now we're talking. 
the success of the demonstration convinced him to move to the East Coast and settle in New Jersey. Okay, sure. Logical, for sure. This is too well, good. We got to go to Jersey. Farewell, Superior. Bullshit name. Maybe in Wyoming. To Jersey! Well, East Orange was the home of Eugene's uncle, Marion McCoy, who was also an inventor. And McCoy had patented three devices between 1939 and 1944. One of them was a successful oil filter, which made him a respected engineer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he had a small facility at his home. Oh, did he now? Eugene moved in to work on the CRB with his uncle and to take advantage of free room and board. Okay, this is like a, this, you're pitching a show at this point. <laughs> so a lunatic who's trying to create a big block of radiation moves in with his uncle who's also crazy. The problem with the chemical reactor block was finding a material that would produce hydrogen without exploding. Big hurdle. Huge hurdle. A sodium was, is known to liberate hydrogen from wait, what, water. Wait, say sodium? Sodium, sure. Oh, good. We're going to yeah. get into the elements. I always like those. I uh, seem to thrive when we're on the elements. But... Sodium with, uh, with uh, water. It was a very combustible process doing it that way. But what, so so what, you don't want to do it. That way. So you want... They want to find another ingredient that they can use with sodium so make it less explodey. Okay. And Eugene would produce, produce the uh, ingredients, put it all together, and test it. <laughs> How? Okay. Um, <laughs> McCoy had some more surplus engines. Sure, yeah. Oh, I got a room full of engines, boy. You're amongst friends. Oh, yeah. Now everything's fine here. Come on into my room full of engines. Oh, you got a whole room of these. What's oh, your... we're going to be great friends. We're both lunatics. Yeah. I'm a night owl, you? He converted all the engines to run on hydrogen. But ingredients kept exploding. How big are these explosions? I don't know. Big? Not huge. I mean, not leveling the house, but big enough not to be good. like, well, that's bad. An explosion is a term that, you know, even a small one isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, a douche in your room. Nothing's that Once bad. Once you're tossing the terms around, things are in a bad area. So it was producing enough gas to run the engines, but the blowing up part was bad. Yeah. From Eugene's notes, May 7th, finally ran under 7,500 watts, but the reactor blew up. Neighbors came over to see what happened. Uh oh. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Ever since you guys teamed up, a lot more bangs have been coming from here. Well, lots of steam came out the garage windows. And a lot of steam. May 12th, reactor blew up. Good. Good five-day stretch, though. No injuries for five. May 20th, reactor blew. So, reactor what? Reactor blew each time I shut down cooling water. Fire marshal came out again. Uh, again? Very sober notes. Fire marshal was here again. Because Real the, testy. Kind of an asshole. Sort of against us, I feel. Fire marshal came out because the neighbors were complaining. Oh, it's the neighbors again. You goddamn neighbors. 
June 6th, shut down cooling water and catalyst got too hot and backfired. Fire marshal came out and told me to quit what I was doing or he would have me fined and put in jail. <laughs> so it's not... Yeah, it's not good. I mean, the fire marshal is getting... Yeah, I understand his plight. So they decided to shut down the experiments. Sure. I have a feeling this will be followed up with more experimenting. Well, Eugene moved back to Big Springs. He's back in Texas. When he left town uh, in New Jersey, he left behind a trail of bad checks, which his uncle had to cover. Okay. The couple moved around, Big Spring, Brownfield... Pampa. Eugene. No? It's Pimpa. I did it? Yeah. It's PayPal. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's the way I said it. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Eugene started trying to create a, mach- a machine that could pluck cotton bowls from a, a, be- a field better than any before. <laughs> okay. What? Okay. A, a tool shop built it for him on credit. Sure. Yeah, why not? He's got a good past. <laughs> you don't write bad checks, do you? No. All right. No. Well, that's, a ba- that's what we call a background check. All righty. <laughs> then he went off to sell it. So he went around to farms. Uh, didn't go great. Sure. During one demonstration, a cow managed to get tangled in the machine. And oh, my God. And had to be shot. And he, of course. All right. Well, anyway, I, so I, it, it works. <laughs> it works much better for a cow to not go inside. I really, I really do wonder what your best move is at the end of that. Do you, do you go, well, obviously well, this is not going to end in a sale. Or do you go the opposite route and go, and of course, uh, it'll kill your cows. Like, you do not want that? Oh, I should have hit this little switch over here. Yep. Well... Uh, so just, I should have probably put a warning on there. Cows cannot fit inside. But did you see all the cotton it grabbed before it murdered your best cow? I think, I think we're focusing on the negative a little strongly yeah. here, sir. I'm going to be honest with you. Let's focus Kinda on the like positive. You're a, you're a glass ha- half full kind of yeah. guy, you know? Let's focus on the positive. You got a barbecue. <laughs> How about this? this up. Let's eat the cow and close this up. His wife was all... Any questions? His wife was also almost killed on a narrow bridge while towing the machine behind the car because it was uh, too big. Great. And Eugene couldn't get any farmers to buy it. He ended up giving it back to the machine shop that had built it because he couldn't pay them. <laughs> and they were like, great. Like, you can have this if you need any it's actually- cow, cow hits done. Well, that's what it is, though. It's like when they came out with Chantix, like Chantix was an antidepressant drug, and then when they were testing it, people just started quit, like, quitting smoking, and they were like, it's a smoking cessation drug. That's what you do. You're like, this is the number one cow murdering machine they got. Woo! Get them while they're hot, boy. How are you going to stop the cow menace? Cannot be near cotton. <laughs> Well, take it back, but why is there so much blood on it? You know, oh. some of the cotton in the country bleeds. It really does. Yeah. It'll get at you. There's yeah. some weird cotton out there. Yeah. So he's now 25, and he's... Of course he's 25. Of course he's 25. He's pretty depressed because he's had two big failures. 
Naturally, he just left his wife and two children. Sure. Sure, who sure, were living sure. in Brownville, and he went back to Big Spring, and he, yes, and he, he never saw They're them again. They're here tonight. Uh. Uh, so he had a few jobs in the 1950s. And worked I in... like that in his life, the problem is the stability. Yeah, well. Yeah, I realize the problem. Wife and kids, they're getting in the way of my nuclear machines, of my chemical cotton suckers. I would have a car riding on hydrogen if it wasn't for you and your daddy. That was for Finn. Sure. Sure. He worked at... Who received a text about the douche? Oh. So here's something. So I text my wife. And I say, hey, Gareth just found a douche in his hotel room in Houston. And then she wrote back... Hey, it's Finn. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey. <laughs> uh, why don't you ask mommy about that word I just texted? <laughs> it's short for dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's more letters. It's short for dad. So, in the 50s, he worked uh, uh, different jobs. He worked as a research chemist on an oil refinery. Remember, he's not. He doesn't have a, a degree. Right. He taught science at a high school. No degree. Sure. Uh, he worked in real estate. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he invented an automatic chicken feeding machine. Oh, boy. <laughs> which did not work because it always jammed. You know, so feeding them is an important component in the chicken feed machine. Yeah. Yeah. An automatic chicken feeding machine that's yeah. not automatic right. is not a chicken feeding machine. It's manual machine. at that point. It becomes manual when that happens. What you do it's is like you... It's like when an escalator doesn't go, work. Go and ahead and walk put the chicken and... feed inside, fire up. Okay, now, now take it out and go ahead and hand, put it in your hand and just put it in front of the chicken. Boy, this machine's unbelievable. Uh, he divorced his second wife and married a third. Sure. He told, he told his new wife that his second wife had been killed. She got near one of my machines. That's just an easy out, though. I know, but that's just... Oh, he just it, didn't want yeah. to go into it, and he's like, ah... Uh, well, you know, that's... She got killed. That, that's just a better way to replace it's a long story. Yeah. Oh, uh, they're all dead. Anyway, where are you from? <laughs> oh, really? Well, tell me about them. Dead, all of them. Yeah, but uh, you. There was a cotton bowl picking incident. <laughs> he she bought, wore a cow costume. Uh, he bought half of his mother's farmland in 1954. Okay. Eugene thought he could make some cash by drilling an oil well. Okay. Somehow he talked a pipe and supply company into giving him pipe on consignment, which is very... He just talked someone into pipe? Yeah. Okay. Very we've unusual. All, we've all done that. Then he talked a drilling contractor into drilling with no cash advance. So how are these... Also he's getting interns? Very unusual. <laughs> he's really good at talking people into stuff. Sure. Yeah. But they didn't find any oil. So... 
Eugene sold all the equipment that he had been given on consignment and kept it for himself. Okay, but is that okay to do? Because I feel like you can't that do is that. Not, not normally you don't do that. Right, you can't do that. Well, okay. when the supply company found out what he had done, they demanded their money, and Eugene said, I already spent it. And they were like, that's not a thing. And he was like, why don't we wrap this conversation up uh, next to my cotton machine? You two stand right there on the X's. Stand on the X's. Stand on the X's. Stand on the X's. Say moo. Stand Say on moo. the same X. Say moo. Moo. There go. Hold on, it's not working. It's just grabbing cotton. Son of a bitch. Uh, moo harder, and then you both stand on his X. Do you understand? Both stand on his X. Moo loud. Get the goddamn gun. I'm going to kill these guys. I really... Turn off the cash cow. So the companies were not down with that explanation that he had no money, so they took him to court. And during the trial, the company learned the entire family farm was in Eugene's name, not just half. Wait, uh, the entire family farm was so what? So remember his mom sold him half the farm? Yeah, he well, had now all. His, the whole farm's in his name. Okay. So well, they, he just fell into some money. Yeah. Well, they tried to garnish it, and then Eugene's mom found out that she didn't own half her property anymore. Okay. See, he had uh, forged the deed in his name. Eugene did? Yeah. So she took him to court. <laughs> uh-huh. And then when he was supposed to take the witness stand, he had, a, he had a, this is what it was, a quote, perfectly timed mental illness issue. That happens, that happens. I can't. I'm crazy right now. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. Check. I don't know. I don't know who I am. The court ruled for his mom, and she got the entire farm back, even his half. Now, Eugene needed a little bit of money, and he was still part, uh, part owner in a real estate business, so he sold his half for 3700 bought some nice suits, and headed for Berkeley, California. Wait. After being... <laughs> This is just a better time. Like, this is when you could just skip town and it just was like, ah, he's gone, damn it. <sighs> well, that's the end of that chapter. We lost a million dollars. He moved. What are we supposed to do? What are our options? He's gone. But so he was, he had to get, the, the half of the property was not his, so then he sells it right away and rolls to Berkeley. Well, After he gets a bunch of cool suits. No, he, he, had, he had half of a business and he sold that. The oh, property, he still did have it. The property was taken away by the court. Right, okay. It was the business, okay. So he bought suits, takes off, and then he went, he went to, uh, up to Berkeley, and he lived there for several weeks, and when he came back, he told people he had taken graduate courses in <laughs> nuclear physics. Uh-huh. You know, and Dave, I think if we've learned one thing, if that's a lie, that's problematic. <laughs> Eugene- yeah, it was, I got a uh, graduate degree in uh, two and a half weeks. It was awesome. Very easy. Yeah, wasn't that hard? I'll be honest. They got a crash. A lot of weed smoking. They got a crash, uh, crash nuclear physics program up Berkeley. Two and a half weeks. You just got to read a lot. Really intensive course. But when you get out of there, you can run a whole I'm nuclear reactor. I'm a doctor reactor. now, basically. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a doctor of nukes. <laughs> he then told people he had found a uranium deposit bigger than a house and planned to mine it. Oh, my God. Well... Let's slow down. Okay, so did he, he found, <laughs> he found a bunch of radium and wants people to help him dig it up. Yeah. Where did he find it? 
Uh, it's in New Mexico. It's in New Mexico. How did he find it? I don't know. Okay, he stumbled upon it. Who is he getting to come with him? His buddies. Okay, so him and a bunch of his buddies are going on a radium treasure dig. Because yep. he found it. And yep. this is before people knew what radium did. I think they know. <laughs> oh, they know. Okay, okay. So this is post-knowing that you can't touch radium. Yeah. Him and some of his pals load up the ca- cash cow, drive it down nowhere near cotton, go to New Mexico, find his bullshit radium, and are going to toss it like the old pigskin. I mean, it's a plan. Is it? He formed a mining company and rented a house. He made his wife quit her job as an anesthetist and moved to New Mexico. They had a new baby. This is like Breaking Bad. <laughs> they had radium new... is the <laughs> radium's mess. Well, they had a new baby, so she really didn't want to quit her job because she was the only one making money. But she still went along with it and quit her job. So I think that's going to be a bad Eugene... Call. Eugene invited his friends now to see his big uranium mine. Oh, uranium. Uranium. Oh, I thought you said radium. Okay, uranium. Much cooler. (laughs) Um, But then he drove around and he couldn't find it. He spent hours driving around with his friends in in his Jeep looking, and then finally he flipped his Jeep over in a ravine. (laughs) Kind of a road trip... What? Who? You couldn't find it. So you got to have a big ending. <laughs> Is that, was that his logic? I don't you know. guys seem kind of let down. We're going to die! <laughs> the fuck? Who remembers the uranium? All of us! Shit. Hoping y'all hit your heads hard and forget it. So the group had to hike out of the mountains, and then all of his friends went back to Big Spring and wondered what in the fuck was wrong with Eugene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair assessment. His wife's like, should I see if I can get the job back, or how do you want to... You don't seem good at anything. Did you guys find the uranium? No! We fell in a ravine! Ow. Can we make Keeps money? happening. Is that a thing we can make money from? No. Because I quit my job. Baby, I found a ravine. Honey, I found a uranium mine. Quit your job. Awesome, baby. I can't find that uranium mine. Okay, that here's, too. Here's something I should have said before you quit your job. Sure. Mark it. Mark that uranium mine. Yeah, no, I do remember. I told you. Remember, I said put a stick in it. Put a ribbon on a tree I or said, something. I said put a stick near it. Put a ribbon in a tree. I said tie some string. I said make an X. I said throw some crumbs. Could have made an X. I said a lot of things. I didn't do any of that. No, none of it. No. No, and one of your friends is said, dead. It's right here. It's right here. Yeah. It's right here. And it's not. But fuck if mountains don't look the same. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, heaven. Weeks later, Eugene started to have convulsions. Good. Just time to throw that in the mix. Should I get the job back? Now, because his wife had worked at a hospital, she knew what convulsions were. He's close to uranium. (laughs) And she immediately thought he was faking. 
Could you imagine watching your grown husband flopping around on the floor uh, and being like, that's not real. None of that's knowing real. Knowing it's fake. What are you doing? None of that's real. Knowing he's lying. Honey, that's not how one convulses. Oh, shake it, shake it, shake it. Shake it, shake it, shake it. No, no, you don't say shake it. Oh, shaky. baby, it's a bad one. Oh, no, shake it, shake it, you shake can't it. talk. Get, oh, shake it, get some water, baby. I'm having a bad one. This might be the big end. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Oh, oh, shake it, shake it. Hey, what happened? Oh, no, did I have one of my spells? Oh, no, I don't remember anything. What matters is we're together. No, and no, no, no. And we shouldn't talk about don't the touch. past at all. Don't touch. Don't touch. Oh, no. So he went to a doctor who thought he might have a brain tumor. Okay. I retract. Who sent him to a brain surgeon who drilled two holes in Eugene's skull. Is that the next step then? That's the next step after a gut thought? Yeah, I think he might have tumors. Let's open it up. <laughs> Figure it out. Have a little dig around. Two eh. holes. Yeah. yeah. Double it For up. For a draft. There was no tumor. Well, at least his head got opened up. When he woke up, his wife was beside him in tears. Because she's like, well, you're fucking crazy. Also, you your- faked convulsions and let a man drill into your skull. Oh, I've got another one of my spells coming on, honey. <laughs> cap, my, cap my head. I don't want any brains gushing out. Shaky, shaky, shaky. Oh, shaky, shaky now. Oh. His friends had driven from Texas, <laughs> and to cheer him up, they all said they should go look for their, their uranium mine again. Hey, you know what would lift his spirits more than anything? Finding that big uranium mine. Eugene looked at them and said, quote, uranium? I don't know what uranium is. Uh, he spent August and September in a psych- psychiatric ward. Wait. Okay. This is a very... And okay. when he got out and entered society again, people in his town started to f- figure out that if Eugene was having any sort of problems he would conveniently have a mental illness to get out of it. Okay. It never, it never explained what the mental illness was, but it just always so, said mental illness. So, so I don't know. Just whatever it was. Like just he's just like, I'm blanche. bananas now. Oh, I, I can't, s- I have dementia. Not today, I'm schizophrenic. Otherwise I would. Next Thursday, I'm not, if it's that a, works. It's every third Friday, yeah. dementia. I can't. Uh, I'm bipolar third- Tuesdays, I cannot. So his third wife had had enough. She divorced him. He also had two holes cut in his head. Is there any correlation to the fact that they drilled into his brain and nothing happened? No, No, he's just full of shit. They opened his head and they were like, oh, a bunch of shit. Okay. Yeah. Some bugs came out. (laughs) A little dust. (laughs) So his third wife left. She divorced him and took took the kids. And Eugene moved uh, back to Will's Point. Okay. Or no, to Will's Point. This is the first time. So... For the next 20 years, he lived as just a normal guy, working as a testing engineer, a mining equipment salesman, a petroleum engineer. But during all that time, he kept thinking about one thing. No. The chemical reaction block. The one that got away. 
In Will's point, he kept writing bad checks all over town, but he was so likable that people just overlooked it. Nice. <laughs> he doesn't pay me for anything. He's fucking great, though. He's great. He's a great guy. His yeah. excuses are the best. Oh, my God. They're worth it. His boss kept him on even though he created problems at work because Eugene, quote, could come into a strange town and talk a man out of his shoes and shirt both. If you had a client who was disgruntled, Gene could have him purring like a six-month-old kitten in no time. He could lie to you and make you like it. Okay, so this guy obviously was like, also, I'm in love with him. I should point that out. Oh, to be that kitten in his lap. Oh, the purring I, I do. I like to think about him in a, in a dress. Telling oh. me lies. I remember one time he conned me out of my shirt, my mm. pants, my shoes, my underwear. Right into a bath. My heart. There's never... Uh, it's funny. He had two holes drilled in his head by a doctor. He drilled two right through my heart. He... I do miss the guy. <laughs> Boy. He could talk you into anything. He got me to make a line of dirty magazines one year. I just... Uh, I regret it, but... Uh, So, he left his job where they all loved him. He just up and quit after 13 years and went back to working on his first love, the the CRB, the chemical reaction block or reactor. I can't remember. He built a storefront lab in town, and investors started to come into town to meet. That's just not as easy as you just stated, though. He just built a lab. Well, he had and money. Well, a storefront lab is not a great lab. I mean, it, you don't hear of like, where are you going? Down? I'm going down to the storefront well, laboratory. Well, there's a new lab downtown. <laughs> oh, boy. No line. What's the catch? It's right next to the gap. <laughs> We're going to get pants and then go look at the microscopes. I'm going to get myself tested for syphilis. We're going to get Jimmy John's new jeans and go to a lab. (laughs) So he bragged about it. Uh, He was not just looking for money, but he was trying to let the town know that he was a really important scientist. Good. Most of the, you find that most scientists crave the spotlight. Especially in a small town. Yeah, no, most of them are like, know me. I'm going to be the best fucking scientist in this whole town of 300 people. (laughs) The hell you are. Oh, no, Einstein. (laughs) That's right, Texas Einstein here. You ain't going to do shit on my watch, boy. You can open a lab in another city, but this town ain't big enough for two labs. Fuck you, Texas Einstein! No! I'm developing technology for smoke bombs, but it's not done yet, otherwise I'd have a dramatic exit. <laughs> We're months away. Let's put a pin in this. In 1974, Eugene had worked as a petroleum engineer for the Bureau of Mines. He got a fucking job for the... Okay. <sighs> and he took some documents when he worked there. Now, oh, he still had those documents. Scandalous. And he altered them and created 
An introduction to chemical block hydrogen fuel generation systems. Wait, the sorry. report. He made. Wait. He took, a, he took an official letterhead document. Uh huh. And then he put his own spin. An introduction to chemical block hydrogen fuel generation systems, and he wrote a little report. Uh huh. So it looked very professional and real from the Bureau of Mines. Uh huh. And where's this going? Well, he'd be using it for uh, sales pitches. Alrighty. In 1977, Eugene formed Anderson Energy Systems, a corporation to help him get money from investors who were mostly friends and family. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. Uh, So, an early Kickstarter. (laughs) Well, you don't have to watch the video. Two more days, guys. Two more days. We just need $4,500. Oh, God. Oh, and, and. One day, his brother-in-law pulled into Eugene's driveway and saw, quote, burning water. Burning water? Burning water. Oh, burning water. There was a hose connected to a pipe fitting. The pipe was pointing up like a Bunsen burner, and flames were shooting out the top. The Burning water. The brother-in-law was fucking amazed. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That is one of those great reactions. What the hell is this? He quit his job and moved close to help Eugene get the CRB going. He didn't have a lot of money, but over the next two years, his brother-in-law invested (laughs) $25,000. Oh, boy. Word of the incredible technology investment opportunity was out. Checks started rolling in, though most were small. For what, though? For burning water? You'll see. Then a staff member of a congressional committee heard about it and got a driveway demonstration when he was visiting. So this led to Eugene's big moment. No. On September 29th, 1977, Eugene found himself in a lab at the National Bureau of Standards in Maryland. Okay. Watching were 32 bureaucrats and scientists. The bureau, by law, must survey promising inventions that are presented to it. (laughs) That's great. So most of the scientists did not want to be there. (laughs) Okay. They had been forced by some congressional aide to watch what they already believed was complete bullshit. (laughs) The burning water. So Eugene had a small box... Attached to a water hose in the sink. Sure. So it's a box hose with a Bunsen burner on the top of the box. Okay. And he turned on the water and then lit the gas coming out of the burner. Voila. Wait. Yeah. Is Look what that I did. anything? What are you talking about? Water went in. Fire came out. Is there a chance that there's a hole in the table? (laughs) And there might not... It's a box, first of all. There might be two hoses? What's going going into the box? What's coming out of the box? Fire! We're done here. All right. (laughs) Welcome to Tada Enterprises. (laughs) Any questions? 
So what he's saying is what's happening is, is he has something in the box, the CRB, uh-huh. that when the water hits it, it splits off the hydrogen and creates a gas, so, and the gas okay, is burning. He, okay, wait, this is unreal. So he literally is saying that in the box that you can't see inside, there is something that leaves, that takes all the hydrogen, leaves the oxy- oxygen, and just gives you the hydrogen, and you light that, and you've got fire, because in the box it's separating. Right? Yep. Okay. And you can't see what's in the box. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'm worried about it. Very worried about it. Very worried about what's in the box. I don't want to Brad Pitt it out, but what's in the box? You know what's in the box? The chemical reactor block. I don't believe it is. And it's also amazing to think of how long it takes to achieve your dream when it's just a bullshit hose box. It's not a bullshit hose box. What took so long? It's a CRB. No, it's not a CRB. It's not. Okay, good talk. It's not a BHP. Huh? It's not a BHP. It's not a bullshit hose box. It is a BHP. (laughs) That's where you were. You were like, BHP. It's right, yes. (laughs) By the way, been there. Many times I've been there. Been there many times. It was hard. There There were a lot of letters floating around. I got three. Because you don't want to get it wrong. No. Yeah, you get it wrong. It's yeah. Way. Take oh your no. Time. Then it's on Twitter and it's a whole fucking thing. And I'm like, uh. yeah. Well, the scientists worry. thought the demonstration was ludicrous. There are many ways to liberate combustible gas. This didn't show anyone anything. The scientists then asked him about his methods, and Eugene refused to answer. I don't uh, answer questions. Sorry, I cannot tell you what's inside the box. Want to buy it? No. He said his invention was proprietary. Yeah, well, nobody's coming after it. The scientists were not interested. Quote, he comes in, does a magic trick, clearly a magic trick, not science, and then he won't tell us how he saw the lady in half. Yeah. He was either a con man or stupid, probably both. And much like the magic trick, it's twins. There's two hoses using two. But I feel like if he took it to our current leaders, he could sell it for billions of dollars. Dude, I'd be at, I'd, I would literally be at home on my couch stoned watching Shark Tank like, well, whether they're in or not, I'm buying it. <laughs> I mean, he's got a CRB. Firewater. It's so simple. It would Just be take s- out the oxygen. Please, somebody listening, try to get this on Shark Tank. Uh. Please. So the congressional aide was not done. He had DC contacts and kept arranging demonstrations around town. Okay. He paid for a DC office for Eugene with a view of the Potomac River. And Eugene. I want to light that on fire someday. And Eugene's request became more and more. Eventually, Eugene demanded to stay in only the best hotels when he came to D.C. <laughs> His second major demonstration... For bullshit. It is amazing, like, and this happens a lot on here, but when, but when you believe your bullshit, and only the best for a great mind like this, dude, you have two hoses in the box. Get the fuck out of here. No, I have one hose coming into a box and another hose coming out of a box. Actually, it's a pipe. Anyway, I want the penthouse. Fire. With a tub. His second de- major demonstration was set up in the spring of 1978 at the Naval Research Laboratory. Good. Eugene the brought... The NRL. 
took a minute. Eugene brought... It does. Eugene brought a chunk of CRB the size of his fist, put it in his sink, and placed a funnel over it. A funnel? A funnel. Okay. The gas came up through the funnel, and he lit it, creating a blue-tinged flame. The scientists at the lab thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> Except for Dr. Homer Carhart, who just happened to be the chief naval representative wait, there. Wait, <laughs> Of course Dr. Homer's in. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, everyone's like, ah, oh, this is stupid. And he's like, how did you do it? <laughs> Don't ruin the surprise. I've Let us the- give you a grant. I've been in the Navy 20 years, and I've never seen fire come out of a funnel. My God. Quote, sometimes in science you think you know everything, and you don't. (laughs) By the way, I don't think that's the attitude of most scientists. I don't think most scientists are like, well, that's it. Uh, Another thing? Boy, this won't stop. I'm swamped with facts. But Eugene again refused to let the scientists analyze the material. <laughs> he was so secretive that he even wiped out the sink to make sure there was no metal scrapings left. He may as well be passing a hat around after these. Like, just to be like, eh. No questions, dollar. <laughs> the next year, he met Les McGee, who described himself as a promoter. McGee owned Union Pacific Oil and Gas. He had been trying to develop a downhole steam generator which would produce steam in an oil well and allow thick crude to flow more easily. Yum. Right? He thought the CRB could be the answer. Sure, sure, sure. How? How? In December... Oh, you're just getting started, son. Oh, no. In in December 1978, McGee introduced Eugene to James Buckley, a former U.S. senator from New York. Okay. And the brother of conservative columnist William F. Buckley. Okay. Buckley came to Texas to see the CRB. He was very, very excited about what he saw. When he left, he shook Eugene's hand and said, quote, someday this place will be a shrine. Little did they know that's how he exited every room. (laughs) Great to see you guys. The baby's unbelievable. Someday this place... We'll be a shrine. Can I get uh, two Cokes and a hot dog? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Is it a Whataburger? That was a delicious... Someday, this place, gonna be a shrine. <laughs> Do not go in there. Someday, that place will be a shrine. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> He's probably in my room right now. You know, someday this place will be a shrine. Can you just throw the douche out? Get the douche out of the room, if you could. He's already out. He's doing a show. No, the one in the trash. The one in the garbage. How, how crazy those hotel workers going right now, knowing there's a douche in a room that they can't go in and get. Uh, what is, uh, what's happening in my room right now? I'm picturing, like, CSI people, like, it was used at 12.04 for sure. We have a, it was DOA. They got a blue light. on arrival. They got a blue light shining around up on the roof. Uh oh. Yeah. Oh boy. She was roof douching. She was rooshing. She rooshed. 
You can tell by the splatter markings. Ah, uh, you do this long enough, you'll recognize everything right away. So, James Buckley was so excited that when he, when he got home to New York, he immediately wrote Eugene a letter. Quote, its potential is truly revolutionary. It is so revolutionary, in fact, that I think it is terribly important to try to anticipate public reactions and political demands so as to be able to best plan and man the barricades. <laughs> Optimistic. He then wrote a letter to a potential investor and said, we can't underestimate the impulse to nationalize the CRB. Wow. The Mondale mentality will proclaim the CRB is too vital a national asset to be left in private hands. So Eugene is just hearing all, I mean, he's just like, wow, this is really working. (laughs) I mean, it's bullshit. They're flipping out of their fucking minds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Twelve days later, Eugene was in a New York brownstone giving another demonstration for Buckley's relatives and acquaintances. He stood in front of a fireplace and used an old kerosene stove he had converted to show off the CRB. He lit it, it burned, and no one was impressed. Ta-da. But Buckley managed to set up negotiations with a VC company. Oh. <laughs> How is a good question, sir. They saw the demonstration, offered him $2.5 million. Shut up. Shut up. And they wanted 10% of company stock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take whatever you want in the company. Take 50. Yeah. I'm actually willing to sell my stock. We just started. Is that cool? I would have just taken a Prius. <laughs> But for some reason, before they dumped the money in, they wanted to know it was real. Oh, uh, you don't need that. No need to release that stuff. Uh, and they demanded scientific evaluation of the CRB on their terms. Eugene said they were trying to steal it. Smart. They would not turn it over. Smart. So he made a few trips to New York to work things out with the VC company, with McGee uh, paying the whole ride, limos, meals, fancy hotels. Well, only the best. And then on one trip, Eugene asked to be taken to his uncle's house in New Jersey. No, 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 no. Well, his uncle had been dead for 20 years. Oh, weirder. We're going to reanimate him with the CRB. <laughs> Just put a bunch of water up his ass. And then he'll have the fire to live. I don't know. It doesn't work. I don't know what to tell you. But when they got there, the house had been torn down and was now a parking lot. And Eugene lost his fucking mind. I believe that's already happened. (laughs) Years prior. McGee was convinced Eugene wanted to get something out of the house and now he couldn't. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. So the VC guys were not really pushing for results. And the more they did, the more insulted Eugene became. He started ignoring their calls, or if he answered them, he would get really angry and scream. Then one day, Eugene... This is when ignoring calls meant just standing by the phone for 40 rings like, stop! Before you could be like, voicemail, get the fuck out of here. You had to be like, oh my God. Then one day they Put the CRB on the phone, it'll stop it. 
One day they called and Eugene demanded 2.5 million from the VC guys by 5 p.m. Sure. That's how you want to get in business with that guy. And they said no. And that was the end of it. But people just kept coming. McGee brought in Coachman Industries who made motorhomes. With the oil crisis, RV sales were plummeting. The CRB was exactly what they needed. <laughs> no, it wasn't. was not. Eugene, his brother-in-law, and McGee went to Indiana to see uh, the Coachman executives. There... To see who? The Coachman executives. Okay. There, Eugene walked into the room, took out a pellet of CRB and dropped it into a cold cup of coffee. The Sugar. coffee. <laughs> do, you, do you take CRB with your uh, cream? One lump or all? <laughs> what? Sorry, this is a new pitch. The coffee warmed up and Eugene drank it in front of them. Is that, uh, well, I mean, I know it's okay, obviously, because it's nothing, but you would be like, well, this guy's out of his tits. I mean, what did he just do? Did he just drink CRB? I can't wake up without it. It's a little chalky. Yeah, but what? What is it? What person is like, this makes gas, plus you can drink it. Well, it's got all two effects. So... Later, in an employee washroom, Eugene filled a sink with water, held a chunk of CRB underwater, and gas bubbles formed, which he lit. The RV execs were ecstatic. No. They set up a second meeting. Eugene chartered a plane from Chicago just to show off. Why does he need public transportation at this point? Can't he he just put some CRV up his ass and light it? (laughs) Here I come, boys! See you in Jersey, motherfuckers! Off I go! Coachman offered Eugene $1.5 million for licensing and future purchase rights. But before they gave him the money, he had to prove the CRB could work in an RV. Not a problem. So they gave him an RV, which he drove home. And oh, then, yeah. And no, then- no. Take, take the night. And then tomorrow, take the night, see what we're dealing with, because we just want you to have a night in a luxury liner. I mean, have a good evening, you know? Use all the amenities. And then tomorrow, after you've slept, because that's what you'll be doing all night, I'm sure, come back and do a demonstration. He put them off for three years. Sure. (laughs) Yep, okay. All righty. It's a tough push. Yeah. During that time, he went to London (laughs) and stayed at a fancy hotel. He ate at expensive restaurants. He was living the life because he expected that he was going to sell the worldwide rights to CRB. In London. Yep. Of course, the first demonstration... We've obviously seen the CRB, and we believe it's perfect. The first demonstration, of course, uh, occurred not in the lab, but a nightclub. Sure. A nightclub called Le Refifi. So called? It was a, a lot of ladies hung out there that you Can could pay for Can we actually hear the name again, though? Le Refifi. Okay. Gorgeous. It's, uh, it's a place where escorts hung out. So on a Sunday morning at the club's bar, 
He put the CRB in a pan of water and burned the gas. The demonstration was for an Australian engineer, and he was amazed. <laughs> Bloody hell. It's unfucking believable. What do you say we have one more round of prostitutes and then we get, close this deal? <laughs> Figure this out. Make it happen. I'm on a lot of cocaine. Should we be doing this? <laughs> Let's get more Molly. Then Eugene paid for sex. Okay. <laughs> he also, at the club, met Sidney Cohen, who was the man who could introduce him to investors in Europe. <laughs> he brought in all kinds of wealthy industry men to Eugene's hotel room for demonstrations. There were Germans and English an Irish scholar, even an African prince. Oh, Dave, slow down. There's so many accents. <laughs> Who was there? Uh, a uh, German guy. Oh, an I, an Irish. This is unbelievable science. An Irish scholar. Oh, I don't know if I trust it, but I like the bubbles. <laughs> and an African prince. Burn it. But unfortunately, Sidney Cohen wasn't honest either. He was on the verge of bankruptcy, which he never told Eugene. In a couple years, he would be in prison for trying to bribe a cop. He continued to promise Eugene investment money, but then at the last minute, he'd have an excuse instead of the cash. Basically, Eugene had met himself. So great. Who can dig deeper in the bullshit? <laughs> well, as soon as the bank check clears, let me know and I'll take it to my bank. Yeah. <laughs> but because they were two bullshitters, they got people very excited. And when Eugene returned to Texas, he discovered there was a shitstorm. A year earlier, he had sent out a letter printed on stationery from the University of Texas. I'm sure it was from there. Uh, uh, it doesn't guys, matter if it's fake or real. It's always bullshit it's not, from there. Yeah. I will say the opposite soon. Tomorrow. For pandering purposes. The letter said, quote, the apparent economics are such that this fuel system should result in widespread demand once it is made available on a commercial basis. It was signed by the president of the University of Texas. Sure, sure, sure he signed off on that. Sure this is real. So the CRB had made a huge splash in London and the university was getting tons of calls from an Irish Consortium, a West German chemical company, a half a dozen American companies, okay, all, all right, let's, wanting let's, to know let's, if let's, the letter was authentic. All right, real quick, one more time. Run it back. An Irish consortium. Hi, yeah, do you want it? We're down to do it. I'm here too. Sorry, let me take you off speaker. We're a consortium. Let me take you off speaker. Hello, how are you? Oh, the missus comes to work with me now. Yeah. No, it's not you. Hold on, give me one second. Let me mute this call for a minute. Shut the fuck up when I'm on the goddamn phone. Sorry. Would about you that. please? I'm trying to close up a fucking deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm a leprechaun. <laughs> Let me call you back. 
I'm part of the team. I already hung up. Oh, no, I didn't hang up twice. Uh, fucking speakerphone. There it is. Stop it now. They found me at the end of a rainbow. Uh, I didn't even understand you. There's also a West German chemical company. Vavishfirming and stuff. We'd love to invest. My wife actually is in the office, but she said she found speak, so don't worry about that. And then there were half a dozen American companies, so. Yeah. You're not going to do that? Hey, we want to buy your stuff. Well, your magic very, gas thing. We're very interested in getting in the bullshit business. Yeah. Love to try to shovel some bullshit down people's thrones. So with all these people, the university said it had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. Okay, good. That's a good now, sign. Now, any of these companies could have just looked at the letterhead because the word environmental was spelled wrong. Well, it's... <laughs> It's a tough one. It's, it is a tough one. Where's the end? It's all over. It's got a phantom end in it. Years before, someone at the university in the department had made a mistake, and they just decided to use the paper as scratch paper instead of for letters. And okay. Eugene managed to get his hands on one. On the scratch paper. But unfortunately, now everyone was catching on. This, so now everyone's starting to realize that he's a bullshitter, right? Because the, <laughs> the university... Well, that's when the U.S. Patent Office came to the rescue. Uh, no. On January 8th, 1980, Eugene got a U.S. patent for the CRB. So he's, he's, he's now made bullshit proprietary. It's a fun market. Which is what they do. Specifically here in Texas with the... Uh, there, is a, there is a court in Texas... That is the reason all those motherfuckers get their stupid lawsuits across. And it's what, it's what, Tyler, Texas. So all these companies go to Tyler, Texas, and they file their lawsuit there. That's why the podcasters almost got fucked, because one asshole in the 80s was like, I know how to take stuff from here and put it in the internet. And that was his whole patent. I take stuff yeah. and put it in the internet. Well, Dave, the internet is a series of tubes. Uh, so, uh, so he gets a patent. Uh, the patent led him to get similar patents in 76 other countries. Jesus Christ. So a lot of investors thought the patent made CRB yeah. legitimate. And it does. In a big way, I mean, it does. Like, in a way, when well, you see a little gold certificate and it's got, like, a little thing on it, and you're like, oh, look at that. Well, they said... Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. that's not what a patent is. A patent just guarantees that an invention is unique and can't be duplicated. Agreed. It doesn't mean that it works. No, it does like you not. You could do no, a thing and go, look, a pig could turn into a it, monkey. It does not, but just because you sit at a desk and sign something and turn it around, it doesn't mean it's a law, but it has an effect. So there law. is like, there, there is, like you are, you, it, does, it does look... <laughs> Legitimately presentate. I mean, I, I, I'd walk if I walk by five booths and they don't have that, and there's one with a little gold star. I go, "Why'd you get a ribbon? What'd you do?" Oh, I killed that. a man. Sorry, not you. The man behind you. You're just eating all the free samples. I just want to talk to this guy. I'm sorry. So this is when a group of rich Texans came rolling in. 
Eugene stepped up his demo. Now his demonstrations are admittedly getting better every time. Sure, right? of course. You when you you hone a magic act. So he st- he stepped it up. Texan James Ling and his investors watched Eugene put an inert gas into a fish tank. Then he asked them to put a lit cigarette inside. And made a mermaid. (laughs) And made a mermaid. I love you. Oh, my God. Splash before splash. Where do you have sex with it? It, Just wherever it's splashing from. Find the wettest... You know, you'll figure it out. Find out... Go where the caviar is, amigo. I think this is a butthole. <laughs> it's not even a real fish. So. Should you just be swimming around with like a string, that's poo string hanging out? Like fish, t- that's what people don't think about mermaids. If they're actually half fish, then they have a big poo string hanging out when they're swimming around. It's not fucking sexy at all. There's nothing sexy about it. It's a lady with a big poo string coming out of her. It's not cool. You know, I'm actually going to romanticize what happened in my room and think that there was a mermaid in the bathroom that was about to turn back to woman and they used the douche to keep her fish. She was like, thank you, lover. As opposed to what happened in reality. So he put the cigarette inside the tank and the cigarette went out and they were all like, ooh. And then... Because there's no oxygen in there. That's why it went out. Right. Sure. So then he put a copper tube containing CRB inside the tank and ran water through it, which produced gas. He smiled at the men and lit it. One investor said, quote, you see something like that and you want to fall in love with the guy. I don't understand what happened. Well, what we're learning is that rich people are fucking morons. So he... And it really is. It's like 80% showmanship at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. yeah. You may uh, as well like throw confetti at the end of the... Well, that sparkled. Like, take my money. Take my money. After uh, Ling checked out the scientific probability with the Hudson Institute... Sure. ...which is a Not New legitimate York at all. ...think tank. Yeah. Why go to scientists when you go to a <laughs> no. think tank? So they ran it through their... Computer, quote, they put it through their computer and told us it was physically impossible. So he went ahead with the investment. (laughs) Got to follow that gut. Follow your gut. You know, if they'd run it through their computer with some CRB on it, they would have found differently. That thing shoots fire out of bullshit. In the preliminary testing, there was a certain amount of success. They offered... $450,000 $450,000 to Jesus Eugene. Christ. He did, and, and, like, he must just be like, wow, life is really easy. Life is so simple. You just lie forever and get a bunch of compliments and eat tiger prawns at London hotels. <clears throat> now... His lab in Will's Point is two blocks from the Cattleman's Cafe. And he really liked to show off. 
right? Remember, you want all the people in the town to know he was famous. So Eugene, he makes the deal for four hundred fifty thousand dollars. Sure. And in January nineteen eighty, he came out of his lab one day with a uniformed guard in front of him and two uniformed guards behind him, all carrying sawed-off shotguns. And they walked across the street to the First National Bank as ever. <laughs> I gotta start depositing checks like that. Uh, I wouldn't need them, but it is $580. So, gentlemen, right this way, uh, don't gawk. Let a man just deposit his money, for God's sake. Everyone in the town and cafe watched. Now, Ling was a. a like a merger guy. He was one of the guys who started mergers, buying companies and then selling off all the shit. He built a $330 million a year company, but then he lost it all, and then he made it back, and then he lost it again. So by the time Eugene came along, he was looking for another big score. Daddy needs a hit. So with a few other investors, they came up with the $450,000. So... He got the seed money to manufacture the first batches of CRB. Most of the investors did not look into whether or not it was scientifically possible. Of course not. Why would they? They just saw it. One said, quote, I'm no scientist. That's ah, a bad start. Bad start to your quote. Oh, God. But I am an idiot. That should be the American slogan. Honest to God. America, I'm no scientist. Literally. I'm, I'm no scientist. He put on quite a show. <laughs> so Eugene worked away. He would come up with the plans, and then a crew would execute it. 16-hour days were common. He would work on calculations, only taking breaks to go to the Cattleman's Cafe, where he always had three armed guards with him. <laughs> uh, how would you like your eggs? <laughs> we'll bring options. We'll bring some options. We'll bring a couple options. But he said he needed them. Eugene was convinced Arab hitmen were going to kill him. Sure. Well, that's, and that again is not something that you need facts to back up. That's just a gut feeling. Because he was a threat to the gas business, you see. Oh, yeah. As Eugene ate, a guard would sit at a table next to him holding a shotgun, watching the whole time. You gotta wonder at what point small talk started. <laughs> Eggs good? Yep. I like a uh, omelet with grilled vegetables. All right, let's not talk anymore. <laughs> he started buying, quote, exotic and expensive equipment. Nothing worked. He had originally predicted he could come up with the first batch in 45 days, but months went by. He didn't seem to get the basic chemistry of his own invention. I don't... I, that it is crazy for him to be struggling with his own bullshit. Like, he is like, boy, how did I lie earlier? How did I do it? I just... How did I... I should have written this down. I should have written it down. Damn it, this is the uranium all over again. Maybe I'll just get everyone into a truck and flip it into a ravine. And then get him to drill into my head. <laughs> so, he By became... the way, does that ever come up? 
Hey, I saw a little thing in the back. Oh, yeah, I was drilled. They drilled into it twice because I was pretending to have convulsions. So basically, it goes through here. Yeah, no, you'll see it. No, there's a little draft. Yeah, you'll see it. And it goes through here. So he started to withdraw and became depressed and uncommunicative. Sometimes he would just leave the lab without telling anyone and disappear overnight. It seemed like he knew something was missing and he couldn't figure out what it was. Reality. As if if he was missing a critical step. In what? When he was questioned about simple matters, he would become belligerent and fly into a rage. Remember he Uh, went to his uncle's house? Yeah. Well, they had probably made an advance with this of some sort. And it's now a parking lot. And it's a parking lot. And he was like, oh, no. The mother of all bullshit's gone. Oh, no. So the investors were becoming alarmed. One was an inventor who had invented the styrofoam cup. Uh, He suddenly wanted the... It came to me in a dream. Well, I knew of styrofoam and drinking, and I thought, what if I combined the two? Uh, It's a boring life I have. So... This guy now wanted to take the CRB and have it tested at Texas A&M. Eugene said, sure. Yep. Yep. No, that's, I'm not getting involved. Eugene said, sure. And then every time the test would come up, something would happen. Finally, in the spring of 1980, everyone came together to test uh, for a lab test in Dallas. But no one was excited now. It was a very depressed group. The armed guard stood in one corner. Eugene was at a long table with an assistant, and a camera was recording it. Water was fed at a specified pressure into a copper tube with CRB inside. Seconds later, the copper began to swell. Uh-oh. In moments, it expanded to twice its size and looked like a big red light bulb. Is that supposed to happen? Then the tube split, and molten metal shot to the ceiling. Same thing. And dropped into small pieces onto the spectators. He dropped lava on people? Everyone was freaked out. Why? Just all the lava on their skin? Oh, same difference. Ah! Eugene just took off after blurting he would do another demonstration that night at his his lab. Two shows later! The same group came to the lab that night. He did the test outside just in case. Quote, he turns it on, and it looked like the 4th of July. (laughs) Dude, he lost his golden ticket. Everybody ran away. When I looked at the film later, there was this shotgun leaning against a tree where the guard had been because he ran away too. (laughs) And left his gun. (laughs) Our guns are useless against him. So there was a six-month deadline coming up where Ling would have to put up more funds, so a final test was scheduled. Uh-oh. This time, hydrogen and oxygen were produced, but the amounts were measured, and it was not good. There was very little oxygen, proving it came from the CRB and was not the water being... Whoa, 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 whoa. One of Ling's men said it did not pass the test, and Eugene called him a son of a bitch... And threw his notebooks on the floor and stomped off, stopping first at the sink to wipe a tiny bit of CRB down the drain. (laughs) The investors then sued Eugene. Right around this time, Eugene's wife answered the phone at home. It was after midnight. It was a woman, and she asked for him. And his wife said, well, Eugene's not here. 
and asked who was calling, and the, Eugene, the woman said, I used to be Eugene's wife. This was big news because Eugene had told his latest wife he'd never been married before. I gave her CRB. She's back. And then she found out he had four kids also. The fourth Mrs. Anderson filed divorce for divorce, so Eugene took off for Europe. He went to Barcelona, Dusseldorf, London. He met a former hostess from the La Rifi, Rififi Cafe. Why does he get and to And they go, got married. Uh, he, oh, Jesus Christ, to her? If, it's, if everything goes wrong, marry an escort. How, what are we at, four? This is five. Five? Jesus Christ. He chartered a company in Zurich and opened a, bank, a Swiss bank account. How does when this he would guy talk, get to go tour Europe? When he would talk to investors, he would pull a postcard of Zurich out of his pocket and say, this is where my office is. You know, it's so great they made postcards of it. <laughs> then a penny stock guy approached him. Oh, that's always about good. About turning into a penny stock business, which they did. He sold the rights for $100,000. Jesus. And the penny stock guy turned it into a million. They would just tell people that there was a company that had partial rights to a new invention, and people would buy it. In the early 1980s, stories about the CRB then began to appear in the press. A UPI business story appeared that included an interview with Eugene. Quote, successful independent laboratory tests on his invention now have been carried out in Britain, and Anderson expects to announce licensing announcements soon. Sure. None of this happened. Uh, May 1981, Eugene called a Dallas TV station reporter and said he had an invention this station might be interested in. Sure. 1981. The reporter and a photographer went to Wills Point, and there Eugene worked under the hood of a 1970 Chrysler, saying he was installing a CRB element. Run. They had Run. no idea what in the fuck he was talking about. Dude, they're just local, local, you send local news people to yeah. like a man who's making bombs. Here we are, and Eugene's inside the car. What are you putting in there, Eugene? CRB. Okay, he's putting CRB in there. We'll check back in in 20 minutes once he's put a little CRB in there. You guys do the weather and sports, and we'll come right back to this. Hey, what is CRB? That doesn't matter. I just I like to do small talk in between takes, but it doesn't matter. You know, Barry. So and he he drove him around all day and told them wild stories, and then they thought they had seen something fucking awesome. He showed them the fire uh, demonstration, and then the next day they put it on the news. Uh huh. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Dallas. That's news for you. Eugene immediately began using the news report to sell CRB to investors. Look! TV did it! But then the SEC called to talk to the reporter. All of Eugene's companies were under investigation. They took him to court in 1982 after a two-year investigation. And after all that, the SEC made an agreement that let him off scot-free during the trial. Uh. America. Why? There's no, absolutely no reason. Just because. Just because. Because. The court did rule that CRB did not dis, uh, disassociate water without using an outside energy source. That's an important before, finding. 
Yeah, but they still let him off. And Eugene's money was running out. The lab in Will's Point was closed because he couldn't pay the rent. And then came the Pentagon. Mm, never a good end then. Eugene, for years, had claimed the CRB had military applications. Oh, no. If a tank ran out of fuel, for instance, they could switch to water. Oh, my God. The military looked into CRB, but ended up not funding it. Though they did find something else they found interesting. Bullshit. Over the years of working with CRB in his lab, Eugene's screen door fell apart. It had been subjected to gases from experiments, and the aluminum had just disintegrated. So Eugene said it was due to a compound he was using when making CRB and led the Pentagon to believe his new compound could weaken metal without leaving any trace. (laughs) So they are just there like, well, this is obviously bullshit. How'd you lose the screen? He was like, "Ah, chemical formula that's uh, proprietary. Well, we let's keep talking. He explained you could dab some on the wing of an airplane, and later the airplane might just fall out of the sky. Yep, you never know. Any dab will do you. If it was put on a tank, a bullet could penetrate that area. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I put it on my dog. He's see-through, so I don't know what to tell you. It's like limitless. Anything metal was in danger. The Pentagon granted Eugene a top-secret contract in June 1982. He got $250,000 for 100 hours of study and testing on what was now called CRB2. No, no, no! No, not a squeakle! And yet Eugene was upset because he thought he was getting ripped off. He is. He's gotten himself to that point where he buys his own bullshit so much that he's like, I'm better than this. I used to have people pay me 450 grand for my BS. The Pentagon had no idea if CRB2 worked. They were just taking the possibility of it working off the market. Probably because they found out Eugene had tried to sell CRB to the Soviet Union at one point. Allegedly. (laughs) CRB2 was classified, and Pentagon officials could not discuss it, but one described it as, quote, one of the true nasties. (laughs) I think they should stick with not discussing it if that's all we get. (laughs) Oh, it was one of the true nasties. It was believed it could change the world if it got out, or the Pentagon was trying to cover its ass for buying something ridiculous. Eh, it's a better angle. Eugene then decided he had signed a shit deal and sent the Defense Department a check covering the first payment to get out of his contract. Wait, he, wants he to was buy his so way. offended by their money offer now that he's like, nah, I want the rights back. Yeah, I want everything back. Uh, no, I want the whole right. Uh, nah. You guys are mishandling the BS. But the check bounced. He should throw a little CRB in the bank account. He sent a bad check to the (laughs) Pentagon. I've done that. (laughs) That would be a great thing to do, just send the Pentagon bad checks. Did they try to cash it? They did? Yes. (laughs) Hilarious. I don't have a million dollars. 
1983, Eugene sold the Caribbean CRB rights to a man from Oklahoma. Sorry, run that back. What? He so sold? some guy in Oklahoma bought the rights to the... <laughs> a dude in Oklahoma was yep. sold the Caribbean rights to CRB? Yep. He's that like, guy, I think that I just bought Calypso. Home. I don't know what's happening. That I'm very came, old. That guy came home and looked at his wife. He's like, honey, we're rich. If we... Honey, <laughs> I've got a great nest egg. You're going to love it. Many of his investors continued to believe in him, however, even after dumping in millions, and they refused to sue because they feared that he would hit it big at some point. Yeah. No, he's like a blackjack table you're $150 down at. <laughs> you're like, I got to hit at some point. One investor, one investor even recreated Eugene's lab near his own home. What? Quote, there is something there. Anderson just didn't know what he had. For years, he held, uh, for years, others held on to the manufacturing penny stock, believing it would all turn around at some point. And then, in the early 80s, Eugene's Zurich CRB company made a deal with Fukai Sanyo Limited of Japan. He's hitting every continent? How? In exchange for the technological know-how to produce the CRB, the Japanese company made a multi-million dollar payment which would be followed up by royalty payments for worldwide sales. <laughs> they bought the rights. They bought the rights. A little while later, one of Eugene's British investors got a call from the Japanese company. It seems Eugene had vanished. And they had not received any CRB. He can't even send a little fake block of it over there just to be like, there you go. Well, no one knows where he went. That <laughs> oh, was the boy. last anyone heard. What? That was it. He got That's the money. It? He got the money and he was out. And he's gone. Yeah, he got a fucking multi-million dollar payoff. <laughs> and he's vapor. Yeah, the fucking <laughs> Japanese like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just so, fucking took uh, it and ran. Where's the uh, block of CRB? Where's Eugene? Is he here? What the fuck? Hey, guys, did we just send a money to some guy in Texas? Very excited. Without having anything? Oh, fuck. That's, uh, that's not how it works in as Japan. He, as he's over a Bunsen burner burning his fingerprints off, like, uh-huh. Daddy-like. Daddy-like a lot. Daddy-love. But the one thing that happened was he did reapply to the U.S. government for disability payments for a back injury... Who gets a million? Who gets two million and is like, ah, I'm missing my grand a month. He probably spent it all. <laughs> this is... That's <sighs> Texas. It's just all bullshit. <laughs> But, but truly, that, I mean, that shit keeps, ha I mean, that is, I mean, that's to like an insane level. But the amount of times that people are involved in things where they're like, it's a, it's a pyramid scheme. It's with pyramid company. And they're unbelievable. Like, people fall for the bullshit. Well, people just want to make money. People yeah. are like, no, no, this could be money. And they give money for nothing. 
That's what fucking Silicon Valley is right now. It's just a fucking giant uh, pile of horseshit. Dude, tell, will, will you tell the story that uh, Matt told us about? Did, you, did we talk about the Silicon Valley thing? Which one? The, the bag stuff? The bag? Oh, the juicing. You guys know about the juicing company? So a company, they put million, millions of dollars. VC companies, millions of dollars. It's called CRB. And it's called... <laughs> and they made a juicer. I think it's called Juicer. And they sell it for $400. People buy it. And, it's, and then the only way the juicer works is if you get, you get sent special bags that you pay for from the company. And you put those in the machine. And then someone got one and just cut the bottom out. I was like, oh, that's how it works. It's that's just a it squeeze machine. It's just a machine that squeezes out the juice out of a bag. There's nothing special about the juice in the bag. It's $400. That's Silicon Valley. Yeah. Silicon Valley right now is like tap three, like two into like a three tap ref being like, and they're out. Done. It's fine. May 9th. Um, uh, well, that's nope. a normal story. You missed the ending. You missed the end. Um, and you're still whispering. And your and husband you're whispering is looking now. up you're here as you're whispering. To your husband. And you still haven't noticed that we're you're talking to you. You're still whispering to, you. to him. And his arms are you still crossed. No and now you'll notice we're actually talking now, to you. Now you just saw that we've and been talking to you the whole time. And now you're realizing, yeah, we're talking now to you like, oh my right God. there. Oh my God, they've been talking to yeah, me? Yeah, what the fuck? Me? Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, what we the fuck? Yeah, we were talking to you the whole time. I don't know. She's so Nobody knows at this point. Do not fret, my pet. Guys... We are selling CRB after the show. Um, we got a bunch of it, and we're excited. Um, we're, we thank you guys so much for coming out, truly. Uh, we're going to sell some posters over there. Uh, we'll take some pictures. You so know, if you guys want to do, do the posters picture thing, the table over there, you line up this way, line up in front of the stage so that the See how he staff can get in and clean everything. You, you can, can get, get hugged during a picture. We'll, we'll hug, hug you we during grab, pictures. We'll uh, grab bottoms, the whole thing. So line up. Yeah, we'll put right a bunch of CRB. You're welcome. And, um, yeah, honestly, guys, thank you so much for coming out. This is fucking awesome. Um, Dave's going to leave now. Uh, we'll be out here in like five or ten minutes. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Appreciate it. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, 
Dublin, September 17th. And September 19th, Manchester. Birmingham, September 20th. Bristol, September 22nd. And Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.